our core and mission in life is authenticity. You know, we touched on it last uh, last time we chatted. Having having something to say is one thing, but having something to believe in is quite another. Episode one hundred seventeen. This is the business of architecture. Welcome back, Architect Nation. This is the show where you'll discover tips, strategies, and secrets for running a profitable and impactful architecture practice. If you believe that it's possible to make money and do good, then this is the show for you. If you aren't already on the Business of Architecture email list, make sure you claim your free account on businessofarchitecture.com by clicking the green Join Today button. I'm your host, Enix Sears. Today's show is sponsored by BQE Software, the makers of ArchiOffice. ArchiOffice is the office and project management software built with the needs of architects in mind. And for a limited time, startup firms can get two free seats of ArchiOffice for a year. Go check it out at ArchiOffice.com. I have a few iTunes reviews here. I want to give a shout out. Had since my last mention these, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. So first of all, a, a shout out to FreeJ193, who left a review on February 20th, 2015. FreeJ says, what happens during all these interviews is one of those need-to-know stuff they don't bother teaching you at school. At least that's my case. I would rate at least 9.9 stars out of 10 if it's possible. The best part is it sounds like it's just a conversation between two casual people with all your questions being answered. FreeJ, my friend, thank you for leaving that great review. But I got to ask, 9.9 out of 10? Hey, where's the missing 0.1%? You got to let me know. I, I need, I want, what do I got to do? What do I got to do, FreeJ, to get 10 out of 10? <laughs> but all kidding aside, thank you. Sam says, Officially, I started my firm at the beginning of 2015, and the Business of Architecture podcasts have been such a great resource. It's nice to know I don't have to reinvent the wheel. So many of you have been there before, and it's a great way to help each other be successful. Thanks, Enoch. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Sam, for taking the time to give back by leaving a review on iTunes. JSKYY says, Great for the office or on the road. I try to listen to these on my morning and afternoon commutes. Great information, and while it doesn't always apply to my business, it brings other ideas to mind. Enoch is an excellent interviewer, putting his interviewees at ease and brings out the best from them. Lehan76 says, Keep up the great work, Enoch. Each podcast is filled with insight and tools for sole architects operating their own business as well as ones working in a firm with other people. Thank you, Lehan. Appreciate that. Let's see. So be it. Enoch delivers very sincere and beneficial insight. It's very easy to identify with him. If every architect listened to his podcast and followed the professional conduct he practices and promotes, our industry would be tremendously improved. That's from Brian Pravda. Brian, my man, thank you so much for leaving your iTunes review. And then Bob says, industrial branding, regarding the industrial branding episode, incredible episode, everyone should listen. We will be working on the recommendations. Thank you and industrial brand. Bob, thank you for leaving the, the iTunes review. If you haven't yet, I want to encourage everyone to go leave a review on iTunes. And there are two reasons for this. First of all, it encourages me to keep on making this free content for you. And secondly, it helps others find this content inside of iTunes so that they can benefit as well. And thirdly, I'll read your review over the air and you'll be famous. Now, before we jump into today's show, I just wanted to give you, my loyal podcast listener, an exciting announcement. Soon I'll be releasing the Business of Architecture Business Fundamentals course made specifically for architects. Whether you're looking to boost your profits or brush up on your business skills, this online course will be the ideal first step. This is the business education that you never got in school. 
To get on the early notification list, visit businessofarchitecture.com forward slash business 101. Once again, that's businessofarchitecture.com forward slash business 101. And with that, here's today's show. Welcome back, Architect Nation. Once again, today we're picking up where we left off last week. I'm joined by the forward-thinking principles of industrial brand based out of Vancouver up in Canada, which is another awesome thing to have some Canadians on the show. I like to try to make this as international as possible because I know that as listeners, you know, it's this isn't a U.S.-centric show. This is a show that's national. We have national concerns as architects and designers. So these gents here, you know, they are one of the world's leading identity and branding firms serving architectural companies, uh, architectural firms. And Mark Bussey is the co-founder and managing director of Industrial Brand. We're joined also by Ben Garfinkel. He is the co-founder as well of Industrial Brand, and he leads the strategic direction and creative concept at the firm. So, gentlemen, hey, welcome back. Thanks. Good to Thank be here. You. By, by the way, uh, uh, if your audience doesn't know it, uh, Vancouver is quite a notable architecture city. Not, And I'm not necessarily referring to the architecture that exists here per se, although that's also quite notable. Vancouverism being a quite a famous sort of aesthetic style and, and approach to city building. But, you know, there's been some significant uh, architecture movements and, and star architects that have, that have arisen from, from our midst here and doing work all over the world. So it's um, kind of a cool place to, cool place to do business. We, serve, we service people all over North America, but uh, we choose Vancouver to be home. Excellent. Interesting. So, well, gentlemen, when we're talking about branding and identity and communication strategy, Help our listeners understand what goes into something like that. Kind of going to start from square one and, you know, maybe tell me what does it mean to have an identity for a firm and what, what really is the core of what your mission, your mission in life and your passion? Our core and mission in life is authenticity. You know, we touched on it last, uh, last time we chatted and having Having something to say is one thing, but having something to believe in is quite another. And really what it comes down to is understanding who you are. If you're a principal of a firm, you really actually need to know who you are and how you mm-hmm. fit into your firm because you're, you're going to be a part of that. And you also need to be the, the person that leads others through this. And the second part of what it is that we want to, to make sure that we do is understand who the firm is and what it wants to be. Um, once we know what those two things are, we, we can start to communicate that authentically. And how do we do that? Well, we, we start. I mean, when we come into a firm and we know we, we've done enough of these engagements that we have, you know, pretty good background in, in things that are going on in firms in the industry, what we don't have is, uh, you, know, eight, you know, five, eight, 10, 12 years of anecdotal sort of information about what's what's going on you know and what's the culture like and what do our clients say about us and you know there's um, there's a whole bunch of thinking and learning that we need to do to start to really help kind of uh, look at that I was um, I was chatting with somebody about this once recently and and this interesting way of kind of explaining brand to them kind of came out of it and I, uh, I borrowed it from a, a magician friend <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> he had tore he had torn a five dollar bill in half and folded that torn five dollar bill in half and held it up and said how much is this and I said 
That's $5. And then he unfolded it and revealed that it was actually just half of a $5 bill and said, how much is it now? And, I, and it was like, uh, $250? No, it's worthless. It's worthless. And it was interesting. Brands kind of work in the same way. You can have kind of the, 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 the ticket to the dance um, components of logo and website and, and, um, and vi- visual elements and maybe even some language. Uh, but that's only really of any value if it's backed up with authenticity. If you have the other half of the $5 bill or the rest of it, which is the, the connections, the components, the, the beliefs, the values, the, um, the deep meaning, what we call brand essence. And if those, if those things that, that go all the way back to the legacy and mythology of, of the founders through the, the process and, and the culture of the organization and its aspirations uh, in, in the marketplace. These things all add up to, to the, the, the value. And, went, and you know, I, we would argue that once you find the other half of the $5 bill, if you do it right, it's, it, you, can, you, can, you can actually – going through branding um, and, 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 and really embracing marketing can actually turn it into a $10 bill. There's, there's a lot of mm. profit opportunity in, how, in, in doing this stuff. And we've got a bunch of examples, and, and I can give you various anecdotes as to, to where real money was found through branding process if, if time allows. Well, that, that actually does bring me to, to a story that like, is really relevant to what you're just saying there, Mark, which is uh, you know at the very first – well, one of the very first things that we would do in a process is we would start to look at, um, you know, what what people are actually saying about their firm from their perspectives. You know, what do they see when they look at, you know, the firm, uh, both clients, vendors, and you know, staff and 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 partner levels as well. And just the simple act of actually going around and asking those questions is in itself a branding. Uh, it, it does come back to the brand of the firm. It's like people are yep. like, oh, wait a second. This firm is actually interested in what I have to say and is w- telling me that they're doing it because they're growing and they want to improve and they're investing and they're, and they're, they're trying to better themselves. I, I, I really like that. And um, it's something that should be done more than just as part of this exercise. It should be done on a regular basis. And, and so many times we are engaged with clients that, uh, that, that don't do that. And so when they call us and they say, hey, listen, we need a new whatever, logo, a website, um, that's an assumption. Yep. And so we need to actually test the assumptions before we really get to the heart of what it is that needs to be done in order to, to help firms achieve the goals that they are actually working on. And how do you go about testing those assumptions? Well, through research. I mean, we're – go ahead, Mark. Oh, I was just going to say one of the things that Ben touched on there is how seldom, and it really is kind of shocking. I ho- hopefully, your audience is a much more inquisitive um, and 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 um, self-reflective a bunch because, or they wouldn't be listening to this fabulous show. Um, but they many times our clients, and these we're talking about people with you know millions and millions of billables. Uh, we'll ask them when 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 was the last time you did a a a. a, a, a a customer, I mean, a, a staff survey, and they'll say, "Oh, never." Or how about a how about a marketplace analysis, or a uh, a SWOT analysis of the organization, or or a client survey, and, and never is far too often the answer. And I can I can give you an example, uh, another anecdote of uh, specifically where money 
profit was found in in one of these uh, engagements. We, uh, I'm not going to name the name, but the largest integrated design build um, architecture engineering uh, firm in Western Canada hired us to do a rebrand. The only thing that was not uh, allowed to change was their name. Everything else was was fair game. They gave us uh, a free free access to 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 clients, to past clients, to even. You know, this seems completely counterintuitive and terrifies our architecture firm leadership. But we always ask for give us some, give us the names and numbers of some clients who do not hire you anymore. Somebody where it ended poorly or they have they are not coming back. And I was on the telephone. Uh, typically, what we'll do is we'll do a series of different things. Sometimes digital survey, sometimes one-on-one interview. And I was on the phone in this particular case with a large big box manuf- um, retail client of theirs who had fallen off their radar. Actually, come to think of it, that's not true. They thought the relationship was solid. They thought everything was fine with this client. And I said a question that I always ask, we always ask, I'm sorry, uh, to, to in these situations. And I said, were, this, were a scenario, were a project to come about where this firm was perfectly suited and qualified to do this work and would be absolutely the best candidate, but you chose to give it to a competitor, what would the factors that would influence that decision be? And this person said to me on the other line, Hmm. Funny you should say that. There is a situation coming up, which is a large, a large project that they've done other ones for us in the past. But I, I don't think I'm going to give them the work. I'm giving, <laughs> I'm going to give it to the other guys, and here's why. And he pr- proceeded to tell me the question, the, the, tell me the story, that which I recorded, and it was part of the the data set. He gladly volunteered this information. Anyway, it went back with our report. We call it a, a discovery report, and it went back to the clients, uh, to the leadership group and the steering committee and and I remember the president well I remember flipping through this document and then going holy shit I know who this is and within a week or so and I was like you know calm down you know like be careful think 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 about how you're going to do this and he went off and activated they had already dealt with a number of the issues that that had gone wrong with that situation and he went back to that client with humility and admitted that they that they 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 owned that problem that they were dealing with that problem and part of it was in the actual act of doing the rebranding, the fact that they were reassessing what their brand promise was, and we should talk a little bit more about authenticity. And, and in this particular instance, um, it, one of the things that they proudly uh, proclaimed as their differentiator was this version, this, this idea of integrated practice. And what we, were def- we were finding in our research was that they were not integrated at all, but, they were, but we were going to help them get to that, get to that place. Well, anyway... Going back to that client, the very the very act of asking, the brand process itself convinced that client to change their mind, and it turned into a many to a, a large six figure fee um, project that they that they won as a result of of just that one question on that one phone call. That's very interesting case study. Just the power of questions and what it means mm-hmm. to really listen. Well, you know, architects are trained from day one to grow egos, as one of my clients once told me. Once told me, we were we're told to grow an ego, be confident, and act like we have all the answers. And as the world has changed, and the role that architects play play in the world has changed, I think that the the power of 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 saying, you know, not pretending like they have all the answers, and that they're superior human beings to all the rest of us, even though we know that they really are, uh, is actually. A, a strategic choice that one can make inside this, this idea of branding and marketing and messaging and communicating to clientele. There's, there's trust and there's, a, there's, an, there's an authentic relationship opportunity there. Oh, well, it's difficult to do that. 
Very difficult. Right? Yeah. It doesn't doesn't come naturally a lot of times. I guess yeah. Lucky to, to, to anybody, to anybody, to most people, you know, let alone um, architects, well-trained, respected architects. Absolutely. Yep. Um, that's a good example of talking to um, you know senior decision makers, but you know one of the things that that we found. Um, and, you know, to be honest, we've learned this the hard way as well, is that you have to be very careful about creating the right mix of people that you're asking. Not just, you know, the people who, you know, love you or the people who've had bad experiences from you, but, you know, going back down into the associate level and, and maybe even below and finding the people that are the up-and-comers and, the up, you know, the, the future and talking to them about what they think of the firm. That's also really critical. If we don't start sort of soliciting the opinions of the people that are, uh, you know, going to be our clients of our future leaders, uh, we're we're probably going to be sort of not quite hitting the mark, or at least missing out on a really important part of the information we're looking for. All right. So I'd like you guys are you guys are touching on the research phase here uh, that you yep. go to uh, when you work with your clients. So I'd, let's. Let's let's continue to flesh out that picture. What I'd like to do here is for our listeners, give them an idea of what it's like to work with you guys, okay? And then mm-hmm. I'd like to give them some tips for if they're going out to find uh, some branding help or if they're just thinking about their own identity, their own communication, their own values, how they would approach that. So take us through your process that you've developed over the years, you know, where you come in and how that process, what that looks like. Sure. Yeah, I think that uh, oh, there's there's so many different ways to go through it, and it might be a little bit difficult to do just uh, you know in a in a podcast. But uh, I want to try to break it down as as simply as possible. And and you know we alluded to this before in our in the last sort of time that we talked, which is looking at what we do not as a cost, but as a um, but as a as a, an investment in the growth of the company. And so really what we need to do first before we start anything in our, in our phase zero is sit down with our clients and go through what their goals are. You know, what are the hey, things ben, that, yeah. Why is it called phase zero? <laughs> why is it called phase zero, Ben? That's kind of weird, Ben. Is it? We call it phase zero because um, what we're trying to do is gain an understanding of, uh, of all of these things before we make any assumptions or recommendations. We need to we need to understand this company, the offering, the culture, the situation challenges, and the opportunities. We can't just go and say, "Hey, I think a new logo is going to be your answer, or a new name, or you know, it's just your website. We'll fix your website. Everything will be fine." We have no idea, and so we we coined sort of this or borrowed this idea of a phase zero because it's an approach of research that's necessary in order for us to do what we do well and effectively. It would be it would be akin to a feasibility study on a on a on a on a project really, you know the the question that we're always hit really early in relationships with with new clients is how much is this going to cost you know oh we have twenty five thousand oh we have fifty thousand they don't want to tell us how much they think they're they've budgeted for this but they want to ask us you know to just pull from the air what it's going to cost to, to do a, a, an identity design or a, or a component of a brand uh, refresh. So often what we'll do is, even though it's a little snide and tongue-in-cheek, we'll say, you know, we, we don't know how much is a car, right? How much is a car? What kind of car do you need? Do you need a 4 by 4 Do you need an economy car? A luxury car? What, what are the features? What are the, what are the, the particular user needs? Is this for a family of six or, or, a, or a single person? It's just, it's completely... 
uh, illogical to to claim anybody who tells anybody who's listening to this podcast right now, if you ever meet someone in branding or graphic design who can tell you off the top of their head how much something's going to cost, walk away. That means they're working under entirely working a set of assumptions. They're doing everything in a sort of templated, templated modular fashion. They're not thinking through the unique idiosyncrasies of your situation, your context, your clientele, your, your business. So, so we, we want to tuck in. We, we actually offer our phase zero as a complete 100% money-back guarantee. It's, it's, it's inexpensive. It's, tip, it's, it's typically 15 grand. Sometimes it's 25 for bigger firms. But basically what we'll do is we'll come in and we'll interview everybody. We'll spend time in the firm. We'll do market research, primary and secondary. We'll interview management. We'll inter- interview stakeholders. We'll look at co- competitors and existing brands. We'll look at the existing toolkit and assess that and give, a, give an, an opinion on that. And we'll come up with an entire, um, um, an entire set of recommendations about where how we could move the needle, always with an eye toward what's a what's a reasonable amount of money to spend and energy and time to spend in this organization, considering their size. What do they have? Do they have a per, a marketing team of one who spends most of her time doing proposal responses, or do they? Or is this Gensler and they have offices all over the place? We've worked for the whole spectrum, and it really depends on what the obstacles and the and the the needs and the hurdles are and and the resources available. So that, so phase zero for us it means before we will agree on a scope of work and a larger project for what branding might look like let's spend some time getting to know each other falling in love developing some trust and in each developing some understanding of the process and the realities of the situation before we tuck into phase one phase one we get to work phase one is creativity and and concepting and problem solving phase zero is let's Let's start at zero and let's let's get to one together so that we know there's not going to be any surprises. Ben likes to say, I'm stealing his thunder here, but Ben likes to say that what we what we offer our clients more than anything else is reduced uncertainty. And reduced uncertainty comes with these kind of things of, of a deep dive discovery with, with a phase zero and a, and a really uh, you know, um, uh, sincere effort to learn what's happening in an organization and its leadership and its culture and, and its marketplace. Otherwise, we're just graphic designers and you can hire those people inexpensively these days. You don't need us for that. Makes sense. So what else goes into the phase zero in addition to anything else that we're missing here in addition to the, the research well, I think Mark was quite thorough. I mean, I was I was saying that uh, defining the goals of the firm is really critical. So you know, if we critical. don't know what the, what the goals are, then we aren't really going to know whether or not they're even achievable. And so, you know, finding out what what is achievable, matching it with where we actually want to go, are um, are important. And then also defining what the measures of success are going to be. You know, they may not necessarily be quantitative, but we we definitely want to know what we're trying to achieve here uh, that, you know, it's going to make everybody happy, you know, six months out, a year out, you know, five years or 10 years out. Yep. Yep. All right. So what, what comes after that? So you have the phase zero, then what, how does the process proceed, Ben? Um, well, this is, um, this is um, what Mark was saying here is that we, until we know all of these things, we aren't actually able to 
uh, design and approach. And so phase zero really allows us to go, oh, you know, this firm has, you know, look at, they have an HR department, they have a new business development pe- person or a team, they have an actual functional marketing team, or they don't. And so what we're really doing at this, this point is, is starting to lay out a plan for what it is that we think uh, this firm is going to need to go through, what we're going to need to build, what, what, you know, not just what, you know, design or creative stuff is going to need to happen, but what's functional, what's not functional, and and then actually match that up with um, with the gaps of things that are are actually that, that we're lacking. And you know, we find you know a lot of times there's um, there, there's a, kind of two camps, right? There's there's the firms that we've discovered are really highly functional, have great cultural organization, they're they're really a, um, strong in their deliverables, their clients love them, but they're just they're they're lacking in sort of the, the technological, the marketing communications, the, the brand and the design and those kinds of things. And the other firms are, whether they're doing the brand and design and communications thing well or not, they're, they're actually having difficulties in delivery. And so we're, we're trying to build an approach that, that assesses those things, starts to fill in the gaps starts to build on what areas of the culture and the structure need to be identified, you know, worked through. And then, uh, you know, we might, then we might be able to start getting into uh, the, the identity, uh, you know, and the, uh, and, and the other marketing communications materials. Um, the core of all of that is looking at what is the brand essence of this firm? What do we stand for? What are the values? What are the brand characteristics that... Uh, you know, define us, or that others will define us by. And what what are the, some of the typical responses you you hear from firms as, as they go through this process? How receptive are they to the kind of data points that you come up with? Mm, we get a mixed bag. Um, some t- um, there's there's <laughs> there's often you know one of the one of the. Uh, <sighs> One of the things about working with uh, with with um, architects is that you you there are sometimes those in the leadership group who just refuse to buy into this. They just they're not interested in in what everyone else is doing. They want to do it their way. Um, so what we really focus on is trying to create a rationale or trying to. <clears throat> trying to um, show them how positioning works, for instance, you know what what is positioning what if if today the the the, the maybe size or or progressive versus traditional or whatever the the criteria are that you wish to change the way the firm is perceived how to how to change that how to move the needle and how that compares with others and what the characteristics of those organizations are doing we we what we do what we try to do is we go through a series of exercises and they're they're challenging they're emotional they're fun i find them fun but i can tell that there's anxiety in the room often when we're when we're going through this but it's trying to identify the language, the shared vernacular that is that is agreed amongst that leadership group and the culture of that organization that they they are defined by is it mod- modern modernity versus traditional? Is it an aesthetics thing? Is it is it that they're friendly to deal with or 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 serious? To do, you know, what kind of firm are they? Are they a hyper-local firm that's very regional-based, or are they a national or global firm? Are they practical? Are they like, is it a corporate-driven, you know, are they working for developers and it's all about making money? Or are they design-driven and stylish? Are they modest? Are they lavish? Are they order-taking? Are they challenging? You get my, my, my drift. What we try to do is look for the gaps 
and the changes that needs to happen so that we can apply those in a criteria where we can def- decide once we have language we've agreed to that that we've we've started to peel the onion of of the purpose of the organization the the brand essence at its very core isn't what you do that's that's the mistake um, I, I refer everyone hopefully most of your audience has already discovered Simon Sinek and his work in the notion of why and start with why we've been long time advocates of this type of thinking and um, his TED talk is fantastic by the way google it right away simon sinek the power of why anyway he, he w- what we try to do with brand essence is we peel away the the fact that you know marketing that resides at the top layer of just what we do that we provide this type of architecture that's not enough that's not that's not a compelling uh um um core activating thing that can drive identity and messaging and culture and 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 the stickiness the, that is brand uh, loyalty and equity. A layer beneath that that's that's a little bit better, but still, in our opinion, not enough. And we challenge our our clients to look past is how they do it. You know, everybody wants to talk about process and and the particular skills or or specializations they bring to something. And sure, sure, that's important, and that can that can uh, in many cases be an important part of marketing. But branding, true positioning is born when the essence, the why, everything we do and everything we believe in uh, is, 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 in this, in, is captured by this language and, and this is why we do it this way. The, from there, we can build an entire universe. We can build a positioning statement. We can build um, a model that we can capture um, a core single-minded idea at the center and then f- around that surround uh, expressions of values and personality and, and reasons to believe and emotional and physical benefits. And then, of course, the symbols and the facts and the icons that we're going to build as design practitioners become much more easy to produce and much more believable and much more authentic and much more consistent in their application. Yeah, you know, and, and, and Mark, when we, were, when we were talking earlier, you, you mentioned, you said, architecture is imploding. Could you explain yes. what that means and how does that relate to what we're talking about right now? Well, you know, that, um, that you know, and apologies to all my architecture friends. This, this actually is a phrase that one of my architect friends uh, has told me. I think he also made, made the reference to the snake eating its own tail. And I can personally, from, from, from my career, share that <clears throat> the graphic design industry is, has imploded. <laughs> it uh, it went through much much of the same um, stuff that practitioners in, in the architecture space are are are, are dealing with now, and that is uh, others are eating our lunch. Um, uh, the, the the technology has been not democratized. It's so accessible and and, and inexpensive, and there's there's um, there's. There's so much more going on in what architects do and what we as designers do that isn't seen in this. But, you know, I, I worry that the next, the next thing, the next challenge for architects to deal with is not only the dilution of what the term architect means, but crowdsourcing. I mean, design is crowds. Everybody's so jumping on crowdsourcing all the time. And is the next thing where it's going to be like, hey, everybody, design me a building and we'll build, you know, we'll build the one we like best. Uh, it's just, yeah. Well, that's yeah, called competitions. 
I know. Uh, it's it really truly. You're right. It is. But so, you know, I, I'd like to go back a little bit back to, to brand essence and 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 that stuff. There's there's a lot more to it. Ben, do you want to talk a little bit about culture and the, and the principles and the stuff that we do in that in that realm? Yeah, you know, I think well, the heart of of um, of a brand for any company is really its corporate culture. And, you know, all of those things that Mark was talking about that, you know, go back into, you know, the things that we're working on defining for firms and that we work through in our process is is really necessary for us uh, to do in order to deliver on sort of, you know, the tactical side of, of things. However, it's very, very un, um, unusable by staff. By people in the organization, uh, you know, <laughs> you can try and ask people what the what's the, the vision or the value or the mission, and very few people can actually articulate those things. What we yeah. what we try to do from from all of this stuff uh, after as a you know you know we have these great little tidy little brand essence statements that you know then you know maybe become taglines and things like that. But what we're what we found is what was oftentimes missing is. What, what are those simple rules or instructions? We call them brand principles or guiding principles. What, what is it that, that people who are showing up to work every day can use to, and that can, they can remember to help guide them in the direction of the brand? And, um, you know, we're, we're using these, like, you know, maybe four or five or six key thoughts or ideas that have come out of this huge process to, you know, really deliver uh, the, the, and bring the brand purpose to life. We're using it to help to steer, to steer decisions and actions of staff. Um, we want this to be something that the culture rallies around. You know, if we say that we're a collaborative environment, we, we need to define what that is. What does collaboration mean? How does that work? What, is, what does it mean to me in my interactions every day? Um, you know, I used an example not too long ago. We were talking about curiosity as one of the, um, you know, the, the principal uh, sort of the guiding principles. And you know, you can you can think about it uh, from an architectural perspective. Curiosity could be a very high level function of exploring an idea or a concept in the sort of ultimate sort of uh, area of creating a uh, you know uh, creating a building. But you know, the person who answers the phone at at the firm can also use curiosity to great advantage from a brand perspective for a firm. And, and an example would be they answer the phone and somebody who you know is maybe a client or they might recognize as somebody as who, who could potentially be a client uh, asks for somebody and is, is somewhat angry. And rather than just pass them along, they might actually be able to inquire or handle the call in a different way out of by being curious and asking if there is anything in particular that they can help them with or take them along that path. And and that can really change the dynamic of a firm and the brand. You know, the, the, the act of um, curiosity, again, uh, Mark gave a great example of, you know, when we ask questions in our research phase, we're, we're, we're being curious and it it turned into a brand moment for that particular company. And so these are really, really fundamental things that we like to be able to, to bring to our, you know, these firms so that they can start to measure and progress the brand. These principles can become part of 
a, um, a performance evaluation. And so you can, then you can start to quantify the, you know, the, the brand internally and part of, as part of the culture. So really, really critical. Thank you for that, Ben. Mark, did you want to add to that? Well, you know, I, I, we're probably getting a little long on time here, but I, we could talk for an hour just on implementation. The, the, one of the things I think that your audience should um, consider is that not only do they need to have a, uh, a, a commitment to brand and to authenticity and to and to uh, consistent application of, of what that is over time, both internally and externally. But um, it, impl- implementing that and training the staff and taking all of that stuff that Ben was just talking about and making sure that it's in, you know, one of our clients, the, the, actually that big integrated design build uh, firm I mentioned, they actually, we, we, we created a, 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 a toolkit, a hand guide, a handbook rather, for staff that literally explained in layman's terms what the, the, the five or six core principles uh, of the brand meant to them, what, how they would actually employ it in their own day-to-day life as a member of the team. And that's crucial. And another thing that's really crucial, I think, to remember as we wrap up is that launching a brand is the beginning of branding. Branding is actually a verb that I like to project onto our clients. Now it's up to you. We've given you tools. We've given you insights. We've helped you identify who you are, why you exist. We've helped capture some of the language you can use to do that. But branding is the development of, of over time of, of the thoughts and the beliefs and the ideas and the stories and the narrative that are all attached to who that firm is and what they stand for over time. And you need to maintain that. We often try to stay in touch with our clients and measure those things and make sure that those goals have been met and adjust as necessary and, 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 you know, kick their butt a little bit where, where required to, to stay on top of other things and keep the, keep the consistent message happening so that it doesn't slip off track. All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you very much. We've had a, a deep dive into the into the world of branding and identity. You know, I really hope that our listeners today were able to take something, uh, be able to look at this concept in a different way, and see how integrated everything is. So, you know, the next time they're thinking about getting a logo or a a website, you know, they have a thinker. They consider how it how everything ties together because ultimately, as architects, that's the same way we approach the projects when we do it for our clients. Exactly. You know, it right. I, I would. I would leave. Can I ask just one one last thought here um, on that? In we should all we should all go around two times for who gets to say the last thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> this will be my this will be my last thought. I would encourage anybody out there who's maybe thinking, "Oh my God, this sounds complicated," or "I this is you know my firm. What we could we just couldn't do this," or or if there's any hesitation, any any kind of concerns, go to. Go to our website. I don't want to make this into a sales pitch, but go to our website and look up phase zero. You'll, you'll land on a page. It's, it's, our, it's industrialbrand.com forward slash phase dash zero dash diagnostics. There's a video and a description there, and in it, there's a link to something called a worksheet. And a worksheet, this is something that you can download yourself. It's free. Do it on your own time. Work with whomever you want to work with. But I, I encourage you to do this because it's a brand ses- brand strength assessment and it'll allow you to ask the questions like do we have this thing is it good are we missing this component what is that and get a little bit of sort of uh, familiar with some of the some of the components and the and the and the uh, uh, 
the strategies available to you to, to really lay into what brand and marketing and communications could be for your firm. Just start there. Just start there and start making some goals for yourself that uh, these things can be chipped away at. You don't, it doesn't need to be intimidating. You can do a lot of the work yourself because remember, while there's great benefit in hiring experts like us as outside facilitators with, with some knowledge in your space, it's really about you. It is about your story and who you are and what you stand for, not us. Well, great. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you, Mark. That, that's well and, said, Mark. And, and ben, do you want to add anything to that, Ben? Um, yeah, you know, the old, Mark said everything very, very well there. I just think that, um, you know, what I, would, what, what I would like to leave people with is um, that, you know, uh, you don't have to seek out different, difference in your brand. What you need to seek out is authenticity. There you go. And 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 what we're what what this talk has been about is how do we deliberately go about being an authentic brand, and it's about being deliberate, proactive, and uh, and it's an ongoing thing. It's never one moment; it's an ongoing process. Well, that's an excellent place to leave it. So I will put the the resources that y'all mentioned in the show notes. People can go check that out. And once again, thank you for being on the business of architecture, gentlemen. Thank you. I look forward to uh, to skipping over uh, listening to us speak and yeah. the ones that come up, come up afterwards. <laughs> yeah. For those of you who joined us late, Mark Bussey is the co-founder, manage, uh, managing director of Industrial Brand, uh, branding and communications identity firm located in Vancouver, Canada. And Ben Garfinkel is the co-founder of Industrial Brand, and he leads the strategic direction and creative concept at the firm. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Anna. Likewise. And thank congratulations. you. Congratulations. Keep it up. Keep up the great work. All right. Thank we you. Love, we love the podcast. Awesome. Yeah, it's wonderful. And that's a wrap for another show about the business of architecture. If you enjoyed today's show, please go to iTunes and leave a review. There are two reasons to do this. First of all, it encourages me to continue making free content like this for you to run an awesome practice. And secondly, it helps others to find this content inside of iTunes so that they can benefit as well. Remember to get free resources for running an architecture business that is both fun, flexible, and profitable. Visit businessofarchitecture.com and click the Join Today button to unlock your free account to Business of Architecture Insider. As a member, you'll have access to free tools and resources to help you get more clients, boost profitability, start a firm, and much more. This has been the Business of Architecture. The views expressed on this show by my guests do not represent those of the host, and I make no representation, promise, guarantee, pledge, warranty, contract, bond, or commitment, except to help you conquer the world. Bump music credit to Ben Folds 5, Do It Anyway.